culture to politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. And yes, it's a great day, despite the fact that there are a number of very worrying trends regarding COVID-19. And, and one of the trends is one of the emotions that you are experiencing right now, hearing me say those words. Everybody, your host included, is sick of the pandemic, tired of it, wishing that it would go away and hoping that we could just get on with normal life. But the fact is, <laughs> it's not what the numbers say. The numbers say we have a gigantically increased death rate going on right now in this country. And if it was important that we develop vaccines heroically, as people did, and President Trump gets some of the credit for that because he pushed the Operation Warp Speed, good for him. Okay, if all of that was important and great, when our death rate was half, half of what it is now, actually less than half. I mean, here are the numbers, uh, basic numbers to think about and... And, and again, to try to figure out, because what, what it says, and this is again from Johns Hopkins, which is usually considered to be the best source, most impartial, most reliable source in terms of the number of deaths. A year ago today, on February 8th of uh, 2021, we had 1,583 deaths that one day. It's a lot. I'll tell you, yesterday, uh, February 8th, 2022, it was double that. It was 3,356 deaths a year ago. So I, I understand, and there's a big article about this in the New York Times uh, headline, Americans are increasingly frustrated with a pandemic poll show. Uh, actually, there's a brief sentiment, very eloquent, very, very eloquent, expressed by the Prime Minister of Canada, Pierre Trudeau, who just had one line to say about his reaction to the pandemic. He said, This pandemic has sucked. Okay, he's right about that. Uh, it, it has sucked. It's, it's awful for everybody. Now, he's just recovering from about with COVID-19 that he had with him, uh, his, suffered it himself and his wife and his children. Okay, but does the fact that we are frustrated with it, that we're tired with it, mean that we're done with it? Uh, there's a terrific piece by an award-winning journalist uh, named Jess McHugh. We're going to be speaking with her later in the uh, program uh, about the third year, not of this pandemic, but of the pandemic in 1918, which was even more deadly around the world than COVID has been. We had 675,000 people die in our country at a time when our country was half the population it is today, not even half. And so it was devastating. And the worst part was everybody thought we were done with it, we were done with it. And then in 1919, boom, it comes roaring back. So what do we learn from that? We'll talk to Jess McHugh about that a little bit later. But um, 
part of what they are reporting now, uh, this is on MSN, and it's the very latest, hot off the presses, they say, though considered milder than other coronavirus variants, Omicron has infected so many people, so many more people, that it has driven the number of daily deaths beyond where it was last spring, even before vaccines were widely available, according to the Washington Post data. Omicron has been particularly lethal to people who are unvaccinated. Does there still doubt about this? Also to people who are over 75. Uh, according to doctors and public health officials. The soaring death toll also illustrates why experts pleaded with the public to beware of the highly contagious variant, even though it is less virulent than others. Virulent means that you get it and you have a good chance of dying. You have a fairly remote chance of dying with Omicron. However, there's so many more people who are getting it, and part of the reason for that is people letting their guard down and people being willing to take risks that don't make a lot of sense uh, simply because people are exhausted, I mean, just exhausted with this pandemic. They want it over. In the uh, Times, Nate Cohen, who's sort of the numbers guy who runs that division of the New York Times, he says a wave of polls taken as the Omicron variant crested across much of the United States shows new signs that the public's resolve to combat the coronavirus pandemic is waning. The surveys depict an increasingly frustrated and pessimistic nation that is as worried by the a specter of an endless pandemic as it is fearful of the disease itself. While a majority of voters remain concerned about the coronavirus, the balance of recent polling suggests that the desire to return to normalcy has approached or even overtaken alarm about the virus itself. A recent Yahoo News YouGov survey found that 46% of respondents thought uh, Americans should learn to live with the pandemic and get back to normal, while just 43% thought we need to do more to vaccinate, wear masks, and test. Now, why do the 43% uh, not believe? that we need to do more to vaccinate and wear masks and follow social distancing and just to be more careful to take basic precautions that can protect you from the, from the virus. Why is it that every single day there's some incident in the airlines where there are sometimes brawls, sometimes physical brawls. There's a flight attendant who had three teeth knocked out by another woman who refused to put on a mask. And they weren't trying to grab her. It was just they were saying, you have to put on a mask here. You can actually get a plane to stop its uh, takeoff. I mean, that's happened. And what is it? And, and for those of you who feel strongly, and there are obviously a lot of people, it's probably a majority of Americans by now, 
who feel, okay, uh, right, I've, I've done everything I need to do. Maybe I haven't got my booster yet, but I've gotten my first vaccines, and I've been pretty good about wearing masks and not going to uh, bars and not going to restaurants, not going to gyms as I normally would. But I'm done with that now. And because the Omicron virus is supposed to be less dangerous than the Delta variant was, it's okay to, to let up a little bit. But what do you then say? How do you respond? How is it supposed to work out if the evidence is that the death rate is up? There are more people who are dying, not because the percentage of people who get sick are now more commonly dying. They died more heavily, but because so many more people are getting sick, it's spreading. And uh, partially because one of the characteristics of Omicron is it spreads so very easily. Something else that's spreading a more lighthearted and positive uh, kind of epidemic, uh, very original, unique, and exotic baby names. What's behind that trend? Does that have anything to do with the pandemic? Probably not, but we'll consider all alternatives all coming up on The Medved Show. This pandemic has sucked. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved. daily dose of debate you're trying to stir up some controversy the michael medved show and on the michael medved show uh, one of the things you need to consider is putting everything in context and uh, yes that includes talking about the death rate and the fatality rate and the virulence rate and basically what is going on with the pandemic I would love never to talk about the pandemic again I, because we don't have to. But how do you avoid it? If somebody has a, uh, a basically a theory on why it would be better for America if we just dropped everything, dropped all the sense of urgency, how do you do that when your daily death rate is it a high? The seven-day average of deaths during the Omicron surge has reached 2,600 in recent days, climbing past the late September peak of about 2,000 average daily fatalities. In other words, what they're saying is they compute during an entire week what the average death rate is per day. And it's now 2,600 uh, nationwide. Yesterday, it was 3,500, 3,500 people. Think of what that difference means for lives being upset, entire families being disrupted and destroyed. And, uh, and again, back at the peak of the death rate during the Delta variant, it was 2,000. Now the average is 2,600, and it may go above that because if you take a look at yesterday and where things are, things are not going well, and it, they're not going well for a very simple reason. 
which is that so many people are getting the disease and partially because people have been convinced that this uh, Omicron variant is not serious because a lot of people know people who've gotten the disease recently. They have come through it pretty well. But that's not true for unvaccinated people. Um, you are flooding the system with so many patients that the crude number of deaths is going to be higher. But what we really focus on is the death rate. That was a quote from Dr. Robert Citrenberg, who is the uh, executive medical director for infectious diseases for advocate Aurora Health in Illinois. And he noted that all the latest deaths, and he didn't say nearly all, actually he did. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> got to read it right. He said, uh, noted that nearly all the latest deaths have been among the unvaccinated. Quote, there's also a big group of patients, he said, who are politically motivated and don't want to be told what to do. They are willing to die from this disease because they don't want to be told what to do, and it's basically crazy. Uh, that is his opinion. And it goes to, to so many strange aspects to this and to people reacting to it. Uh, and when all of this goes on, and uh, right now people are, are celebrating the uh, fact that uh, masks are mandates uh, for kids particularly are being dropped everywhere in a lot of uh, blue states, a lot of Democratic governors. In fact, uh, there's this, there's a media collage of how uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin was treated when he ended mask mandates just a few weeks ago, right after he took over as governor. And that was one of the first things he did. And this was put together by the Washington Free Beacon, where they treated the end of the mask mandate at that point as a, a disaster. Not Washington Free Beacon, but a lot of voices in the media. Uh, this is clip three. Listen. In Virginia, the new Republican governor, Glenn Young, Republican and the man on your screen is defending his executive order, which allows parents to decide if they want their kids to wear masks in school. Glenn Youngkin campaign as if he were an ordinary suburban fleece-wearing dad with moderate and inoffensive views. Youngkin did exactly what a Republican does when they get into power. Let's look at what's going on. Let's move this state back 50 years. Virginia governor and Trump in training, Glenn Youngkin. The COVID politics makes a lot of Republican governors stupid. We know Glenn Youngkin's true colors. It's that. It's MAGA red. It's MAGA red. Okay. Uh, now, listen to the media collage, also done by Washington Free Beacon, of how uh, media voices treated that the kind of decision Glenn Youngkin made very differently when the governors happened to be uh, Democrats as opposed to Republicans. Then it's not such a terrible thing to actually end the mask mandates for kids. Uh, listen, clip four. 
New Jersey, Del Jersey, Delaware, Connecticut, Oregon, and California all moved to relax their mask mandates. These are all states led by Democrats and once hard-hit COVID zones, and they seem to be decisions driven by science, not politics. The reaction so far has been uh, broadly, if not overwhelmingly, uh, positive. Uh, the, the facts are great. We're headed in the right direction, as I think we hoped we would be. More signs the country is pushing to get back to normal. That the responsibility should shift from a government mandate imposed from the state or the local district of the school. Rather, it should shift to an individual responsibility by the family. This follows family. This, what uh, the governor in Pennsylvania has done. Uh, the governor in Colorado has started to dismantle a lot of those, those rules. New York, Connecticut, they're also looking at similar uh, rules. Okay, this is um, extraordinary, really. And by the way, everybody should be glad uh, that uh, there has, people say, well, the science hasn't changed. Yes, it has. They have come to the conclusion that mask mandates for kids are not so important. And, and again, particularly if those kids are, um, dare I say it, vaccinated. And uh, again, the, the, the nation is in such a strange situation right now. And the confusion is, um, is, is extraordinary. While a majority of voters may be itching for a return to normalcy, the public does not necessarily want uh, an immediate end to pandemic-related measures. This is uh, this some survey of polls in the New York Times. And um, while a uh, new Axios-Ipsos poll found that a majority of voters wanted to move toward opening up, less than half of those respondents, or just 21% of all Americans, say they supported going back to as life as usual with uh, no coronavirus mandates or requirements of any kind. So where are we going on this? And where are they going with the truckers? Uh, kind of nowhere. <laughs> except spreading around the world. We'll get to that and more on the Medved. The great greatest show on God's green earth. Oh, good for you. The Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, What's so fascinating is mixed messages that you sometimes get. The um, uh, Fox News ran a, uh, a headline on screen about the uh, latest with the so-called uh, Freedom Convoy in Canada, uh, which has spread. They've done similar things in New Zealand, in Australia. They have a Canberra uh, caravan. They have a convoy, and uh, in Alaska, they've tried something. And uh, there's talk that they're going to be trying the same thing. But what people don't tell you about is how devastating the, uh, the situation is for people who live in the capital of Ottawa. It's basically become uh, occupied by, by the truckers and their supporters, most of the people who are actually involved in the demonstrations and taking over parks and monuments and 
uh, basically blocking streets and blocking bridges are not actually truckers. A headline also from Fox News, Canadian mayor calls for more police as ambassador bridge traffic nightmare continues. It's basically stopped all of the traffic between Canada and the United States. Let me go to uh, your calls to uh, Ray in Muckleteo, Washington. You're on the Michael Medved Show. Hey, Michael. Good. Good for the truckers. Good for the citizens of Canada for standing up to Trudeau and these false mandates, these false vaccination paper requirements. And good for them for, for slowing down, if not shutting down, the economy in their capital because that's what the government there in Canada has, has continually tried to do. But my point is, you, you say that kids – now, please don't cut me off, Michael. I want to make a couple points there because every day you gaslight your audience about vaccines. Kids do not need – there's so many doctors out there, including, say, Dr. Ben Carson, Dr. Rand Paul, that say do not vaccinate your kids. Your kids have a 99.997% survivability if they contract the virus. It is safer for kids to get the coronavirus and develop their own natural immunity than to go take a Pfizer shot or a Moderna shot or a J. Okay, that is simply, that is misinformation. And I am going to interrupt you because, again, it is not true for anyone. Uh, You're right that kids are much less likely to get seriously ill from COVID, but they are very unlikely and far less likely to get ill from the vaccine. And, and especially, they've taken a while. They have tested now, and I, I believe it's uh, they're recommending the vaccine now for kids over five. And in terms of younger kids, we don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But it is simply, and, and when you talk about false mandates and the idea that people are required to get vaccinated, do you think it makes sense for people working in uh, hospitals or in doctor's offices uh, to be vaccinated if they're going to work there? So you're asking me? Let me tell yeah. you. Overwhelmingly, doctors and nurses, if they if they are overwhelmingly rejecting the vaccine because they know... That is things- crap! I'm sorry, Ray. I don't know what you're listening to. And And again, you can speak to doctors and nurses. And I'd love if, by the way, if there's some physician out there who agrees with Ray and Muckle Teo, uh, give me a call. But the the numbers of people who work in me, the medical profession is like 97% vaccination rate. And partially because, yes, they're required to do that. But would you feel better going to a doctor who is unvaccinated? Absolutely. You know why? That why? doctor's probably been exposed. I'm telling you, listen, you keep cutting me off and, and silencing me. Now, I'm not silencing doctor, you. I'm having a conversation with you. Tell me why you, you would rather go to a doctor without, without not, a This uh, is not the daily vaccine. debate. This is not the daily debate, Michael. This is the daily gaslighting, okay? That's what it is. Okay, I just asked like you a 3, question. 3 a.m. hour is what time you should be on, not at noon. Okay, I just asked you a question. I know. I'm trying to answer, and you keep interrupting. No, you're trying to make wise-ass comments about gaslighting. and uh, that's what you're doing. No, I'm asking you a question. That's not gaslighting. Do okay. you, why Michael, would you believe Michael. that it would be safer to go to an unvaccinated doctor? <laughs> it's really simple, Michael. 
My parents, in their 70s, retired age, in Mesa, Arizona, contracted the virus. Okay? You know how they got the virus? One, an ignorant family member brought it into their home. All right? They went to the doctor. They went to the ER in Mesa. The doctor recommended not getting vaccinated. The majority of people in the hospital in Mesa, Arizona, mostly retired people, were vaccinated. Okay, my parents were one of the the only two people in there that got the virus that were not vaccinated. The doctor said we're not recommending the vaccination. We're going to give you monoclonal antibodies. My parents got monoclonal antibodies and hydroxychloroquine prescription, and they both recovered with pre-existing conditions. And I'm telling you, people that are in their neighborhood are coming to them now and saying, "I got vaccinated, but I got I got the virus." What did you guys do? And my okay. parents are saying, "Go, uh, uh, Ray." Do you believe that all of yeah, the why? all of the statistics from all of the health services and hospitals and public health officials are are not true? They're all made up. That that the fact that we have the uh, somebody who's director of one of the largest health groups in Illinois says that nearly all of the deaths they've had in Illinois have been among unvaccinated. That's not true? That's not true. And I'm going to tell you, why is Pfizer, <laughs> why have their lawyers been pushing to hide the, hide the trial data, to hide all the data, all the, all the reported adverse reactions for the next 50 years? You know what? A judge pushed back and said they can't hide that data anymore. Be prepared uh, okay, for and, to be and let me ask you something else, Ray, because you, you've certainly uh, heard about some of the very prominent uh, vaccine objectors and resistors who end up dying. And there have been dozens of people like that, like the state trooper here in, uh, in Washington, very sadly, who lost his life because he was so bitterly opposed to vaccines that could have saved his life. But that's all made up. He's you actually living some, somewhere. Michael, I just gave you a personal account. Okay, my parents are doing really well. And I'm, I'm telling glad. you, everybody I know that's been vaccinated has gotten the virus or they get sick or they have other immune compromised wait, 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 wait. Excuse me one moment. The one thing that is completely agreed on by by everybody and you can go to any 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 source of data that you want the the idea that most people who get sick are people who have been vaccinated is not true it's it's it, somewhere people are talking about with this latest uh, pandemic 80% of the people who got sick with omicron are people who are unvaccinated and again, I, I've, I've spoken directly, I've spoken on the air to the doctors at Evergreen uh, Hospital right here in, in town. Now, I'm glad it worked out with your parents. And again, the, the idea that, um, that uh, they were urged not to be vaccinated after they had already gotten sick, I think that's entirely possible. They may have underlying medical conditions. They had one underlying medical condition which is called they'd already been infected and were battling the virus. And I'm glad they recovered. But the idea that the general policy should be that uh, for older people, particularly who are so very vulnerable, stay away from the virus, that's very unhealthy advice that I'm not going to play games and try to promote. 
I appreciate your call, Ray. I hope you don't feel too gaslit. We'll be right back on the Medved Show. Your daily dose of debate. I think you are the greatest debater on radio today. The Michael Medved Show. On the Michael Medved show, the um, interesting thing about uh, what goes on when people talk very emotionally about anything having to do with uh, mandates or vaccines or masking or any attempts to try to deal with a virus, people get very excited and they get very excited quickly. And uh, they, uh, they, they basically, even on Fox News, I was mentioning to you the, the idea that Fox News, which has been very positive, and, and no one can, can contest that, toward the uh, so-called Freedom Convoy, toward the truckers in Ontario, uh, the whole province of Ontario, but also specifically in Ottawa. But... Um, they also ran a piece, and this is directly from Fox News, Windsor Mayor Drew Dilkins. Windsor is the city, Canadian city in Ontario, right across uh, the river from Detroit. And Windsor Mayor Drew Dilkins said today he's requesting more police resources to be deployed to his city after speaking with officials at the provincial and federal levels about the ongoing blockade it's now not a convoy, it's a blockade of the Ambassador Bridge connecting Detroit to Windsor. Over the past 48 hours, the Ambassador Bridge has been impacted by protesters in a manner very similar to what has transpired on Parliament Hill, Mayor Dilkins said. The difference here, however, is the significant impact on the busiest international border crossing in North America and, of course, locally on our own economy in Windsor, Essex. Windsor Police Chief uh, Pam Mizuno said up to 75 vehicles and 100 protesters remain in the area. As of early Wednesday afternoon, the bridge still remains shut down on the Canadian bound side. Dilkins said an estimated $450 million in goods crosses the Windsor-Detroit border daily, representing a third of all surface trade between America and Canada. Every hour this protest continues, our community hurts, he said. Thousands of workers feed their families because of the commerce made possible at the Ambassador Bridge. Hundreds of local auto parts companies stay in business because of the movements of goods on the Ambassador Bridge. Our grocery shelves are stocked with food because of the Ambassador transfer of food across the bridge. He says, make no mistake, our community will not tolerate this level of disruption for long. In a democracy, everyone has a right to protest peacefully. It's part of what makes Canada great, Dilkins added. But the economic and social harm that these protests are having here in Windsor, in Ottawa, and all across Canada is significant. Uh, let us go to Steve in Tacoma, Washington. Steve, you're on the Medved Show. Good afternoon, Michael. Hey. Um, I just wanted to make the point that the last caller from Muckleteo, Washington, um, 
made the best case for dropping the mandates. I don't care how much data you show an individual like that. I don't care how much rational thought <laughs> you try to direct towards an individual like that. It's not going to change anything. And we've kind of hit that peak. We've been between 60 and 65 for months. We're not going to change anything. At this point, we're doing economic harm. Adjust, have underwriters adjust for the insurance impact of not being vaccinated. Drop them or charge them more or say that they won't cover COVID-related hospitalizations. Pray that our hospital system can keep up with the broken legs and the car accidents in the interim. But we kind of do have to get back to normal. Those who are vaccinated want to and are beginning to get frustrated. And I think the backlash is those who are willing to take the proper precautions, those who are vaccinated are, are getting frustrated with it at this point. If we were to just say, hey, get smart, maintain social distancing and get back to normal, it'd probably be a better impact. Soften, soften the messaging and let people who don't want to hear the messaging continue to not hear it and go find their Pizzagate stories and their conspiracies and continue to believe that doctors are out to get them. We're not going to change it through mandates. Yeah, I, by the way, that that's the best case. That's the best anti-mandate case I've ever heard. I mean, again, congratulations on it. And And I do tend to agree with you. The problem, though, is for places at work, for instance, I mean, there's certain things like working in restaurants where you're going to be serving the public um, and working in hospitals where you're going to be serving the public. Uh, for teachers, uh, for goodness sake, uh, you, you also have to consider not only the discomfort that people may have in getting the vaccine, but the tremendous discomfort and danger that people may be in if uh, they are required by the nature of their lives to uh, work around people who are unvaccinated. In other words, and, and by the way, this becomes a, a, a subject for places of worship. Uh, I know that there are many places of worship where they're very reluctant to impose any kind of mandate or vaccine requirement, and yet there are people, and usually it's a majority, who go to that church or a synagogue who who want to be able to expect that other people who are sitting right next to them or one seat away or something like that and singing, which uh, I don't know if you remember, just the beginning of the pandemic here in Mount Vernon, Washington, there was a choir, uh, a church choir, that did a big rehearsal, despite the fact that they had been warned not to because the pandemic was beginning to spread. And there were like 40 people who came to that rehearsal, and it was a super spreader, and there were, I think, about a dozen people who died. It was horrible. So it's not quite as clear-cut as just letting people go their own way. Uh, let me go... Uh, to Oregon, and uh, Matthew, you're on the Michael Medved Show. All right. I'm about to give you the one that you don't want to hear. You're probably going to want to hang up on me. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it in a way that makes the most sense uh, for me and, like, what I grew up with. I believe that it is evil to mandate irreversible medical procedures of any sort, including vaccination 
on any public individual that is not military because when you go into the military, you give up your rights. You sign up. That's why you have military court. You don't have the Constitution anymore. I was in the military. You don't have the Constitution. Outside of that, because you're saying I am a I am a I am a spinal cord to be destroyed by the government when you do that for the sake of you know the United States or whatever. Outside of that, I see it as the same evil as doing as slavery. I see it as the same type of harm against society, and it's been used in the past. To, if that argument was used in the past in the 1900s with the, with mandates that happened there. Those mandates went forward into um, into uh, um, sterilizations of people and other things that happened to individuals back in the 40s and the 50s, and a lot of the reasons I, I, why. I, I, I really, I really don't know what you're talking about. Um, honestly, I don't. And again, when you talk about first of all comparing vaccines to slavery and talking about irreversible damage, uh, it look. If if I agreed with you, you obviously believe that doctors are hiding the awful truth about vaccines for their own selfish reasons, that they know that the vaccines are going to be doing irreversible damage to people and changing them forever and ruining their lives, but they're doing it anyway. Why do you think that the doctors are doing it anyway? Me? Well, okay, so for me, it has nothing to do with that. For me, it's actually a moral step back away from the vaccines and more into the mandate of irreversible medical procedures of any okay, well, for, First of all, it, it, why do you classify if, if your child gets a measles vaccine as a condition of going to school in Washington State, is that an irreversible medical procedure? Every, every th- yes, medical procedures are an irreversible, or I mean, not um, vaccines are an irreversible medical procedure. Okay, With so schools, do you, you, you believe that a polio, a polio vaccine, a polio vaccine is an irreversible medical procedure? Well, sure. I mean, That's- again, it's not. It's not. I, I have never heard vaccines characterized as an irreversible medical procedure. Why would you want to reverse it? In other words, if you have gotten a shot that prevents you from getting polio, transmitting polio, a suffering, if you get a shot that makes it much less likely that you're going to die and get sick from COVID, why would you want to reverse that procedure in this greatest nation on God's green earth.